Welcome to the LA Public Health Podcast for Monday, September 21st, 2020. I'm Steve Baldwin, and today's show includes comments from LA County Board of Supervisors Chair Catherine Barger, followed by an update on COVID-19 led by Dr. Barbara Ferrer, Director of the Los Angeles County Department of Public Health. Thank you for listening, and to keep up with our department on social media, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at LA Public Health. And now, here's Supervisor Barger. Thank you. Hello and good afternoon. Thank you for joining us for today's press briefing. I'm Supervisor Catherine Barger, Chair of the Los Angeles County Board of Supervisors. Dr. Barbara Ferrer, Director of the Department of Public Health, will provide an update on COVID-19 case counts and recent trends in Los Angeles County. As the county faces the challenges created by the coronavirus pandemic, our first responders and emergency management team continue to battle the Bobcat fire. Over the last several days, as winds picked up and shifted, the blaze has moved away from the San Gabriel Valley region and spread toward our Antelope Valley communities. The Red Cross is working with emergency personnel and local leaders to provide resources and support including food, water, and a safe place to stay for families and pets. And throughout the entire county, as many people remain out of work or are working less, we continue to see a need for supportive services and assistance. Our food distribution and partnership between the county and the Los Angeles County Regional Food Bank is now expanding to three events per week. To date, we have hosted 33 events and provided more than 2,000 tons of food and to approximately 60,000 households. During these drive-through distributions, residents are provided with boxes of groceries that include shelf-stable items, dairy products, frozen meat, and fresh produce. To find an upcoming food distribution event or to learn how you can become a volunteer or donate, please visit covid19.lacounty.gov slash food. Again, covid19.lacounty gov slash food. In addition to the state, in addition, the state has extended the Great Plates program, which provides older adults with three free restaurant prepared meals seven days a week while employing restaurant workers who have been impacted by these closures. The county is currently serving more than 6,000 seniors through the Great Plates program, which has been extended to October 9th. Since the program began in May, the county has distributed more than 1 million meals. LA County has contracted with 64 meal providers, of which 61% are minority-owned businesses. There are so many community members in need, and despite challenges, local nonprofit organizations continue to provide critical care and services, and we thank you very much. To support nonprofits, LA County has opened the next round of the LA Regional COVID Fund, specifically for 501c3 foundations. The application opens today and lasts through Friday. Approximately 100 grants of $75,000 will be awarded to qualifying nonprofits. To apply, visit lacovidfund.org. Finally, as we seek to serve those in need, youth must be our priority. With school back in session, we see the digital divide among children learning, trying to learn at home. In response, last week, the Board of Supervisors allocated nearly $13 million in federal coronavirus relief funding to the Los Angeles County Office of Education to purchase much-needed computers and Wi-Fi hotspots. Our goal is to get students back into the classroom following public health protocols. The computer and Wi-Fi hotspot resources will be distributed to students through local high school 
districts to assist with new learning guidelines. This will ensure that students have the tools they need to thrive this school year while we wait for their return to the classroom. With that, I would like to invite Dr. Barbara Ferrer up to give you today's outlook. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Supervisor Barger, and to the entire Board of Supervisors. Uh, your extraordinary leadership and tireless work addressing the needs of LA County residents during this very difficult time has made a huge difference. And good afternoon, everyone. Thank you for joining us. Um, today, I'm going to present some short updates on the impact of COVID-19 amongst workers and at work sites across LA County. From healthcare workers to employees at other work sites, the health and safety of workers is of utmost importance. At all of our workplaces, we're often with colleagues and sometimes with customers who expo whose exposures to COVID-19 are unknown. Uh, because of this, there's a significant potential for transmission of the virus at workplaces, making it critically important for employers to adhere to the workplace protocols that require infection control, distancing, masking, and supplying workers with appropriate uh, personal protection equipment. This is particularly important since after work, many of us go home to family members and other people that we live with, some of whom may be at very high risk for becoming seriously ill from COVID-19. Now I'm gonna show the first slide. Uh, this graph shows uh, cases by week among healthcare workers. Uh, throughout the pandemic, we've been very concerned around the health and safety of our healthcare workers. Uh, and we have almost 15,000 healthcare workers to date that have tested positive for COVID-19. As you can see in March, uh, before it was understood that people without symptoms and it were positive for COVID-19 could transmit the virus, and at a time where we had a nationwide shortage of personal protective equipment, uh, we saw a spike in cases among healthcare workers, and it peaked at 652 cases uh, in, early, in early April, as you could see that first peak there. As the virus was better understood and as PPE became more available, cases among our healthcare workers started to decrease. However, when in LA County across the board, we saw our increases in July, uh, for healthcare workers, uh, we also saw a spike in our cases uh, at 699 cases. Uh, cases among healthcare workers fortunately have continued to decrease uh, since that spike in July. And this reflects a similar decrease that we've seen in cases all across the county. Uh, note that at the end of this graph, we have a, a two-week reporting uh, lag here, and so we'll have to continue to see and continue to hope that the work we're doing uh, shows the continued decrease in cases amongst all of our healthcare workers. And the next slide, please. Uh, this slide shows that the vast majority of healthcare workers who tested positive for COVID-19, about 68% are women. 30% are men and 2% identify with another gender or the gender of the individual. The healthcare worker was not specified. Uh, this in part reflects the composition of the healthcare workforce. We know that women account for about three quarters of full-time healthcare workers. And among healthcare workers who tested positive for COVID-19, you can see that 46% were between the ages of 30 and 49, 26% were between the ages of 18 and 29. 
23% between the ages of 50 and 64, and about 4% were between the ages of 65 and 79. And again, this is going to mirror the composition of the workforce. The next slide. Among healthcare workers uh, who tested positive for COVID-19, almost half are Latino, Latina, Latinx. 15% are Asian, 11% are white, and 7% are black. Slightly over 1% of healthcare workers who tested positive for COVID-19 are Native Hawaiian and Pacific Islanders, and slightly over 1% identified uh, with two or more races. 2.5% identified with another race, and 13% uh, race and ethnicity data was unknown or unspecified. The next slide, please. I'm really sad to report that to date, 89 healthcare workers have passed away from COVID-19. And the majority of the deaths, as you can see here, happened early in the pandemic, with spikes in both late April and then again in mid-May. Since then, we've seen a steady decrease among healthcare workers, and we're hoping that our continued efforts to ensure safety for healthcare workers continues to result in reduced exposures and, of course, reduced cases. I do want to take this moment to thank all of the healthcare workers across LA County. You're truly among the heroes of this pandemic. You've been at the front lines courageously battling and treating patients from the very beginning of the pandemic, even when there was so little that we knew about this virus. We deeply appreciate your commitment and we thank you for caring for everyone that needs your help. And to all who are mourning the loss of a healthcare worker who passed away from COVID-19, we mourn these heroes with you. Our compliance efforts and outbreak investigations also focus on protecting workers in other work sites and across other sectors. The next slide provides an update on our outbreak investigations. And this graph shows non-healthcare and non-residential workplace outbreaks by the week. And we've also added in different closings and reopenings of sectors on the same timeline. The white line represents uh, general work sites. Uh, that's all work sites that aren't otherwise broken out on the graph. And the blue line represents food facilities. And as you can see, these are the two workplaces where we've had the most outbreaks. Uh, and outbreaks uh, and, uh, at, at general work sites and at food facilities significantly in place uh, increased once we reopened our workplaces. And, and you can see that clearly here. And once some sectors closed again, the number of worksite outbreaks absolutely diminished uh, significantly over time. And uh, this graph um, also captures, and I'll take the next graph, sorry. Uh, this graph captures the case numbers at non-healthcare and non-residential workplaces where there's a documented outbreak by work site. So still working with those work sites that we know have an outbreak, but now we're looking at cases, not just outbreaks. And similar to the previous outbreak graph, we saw sharp increases in the number of COVID-19 cases at the general work sites, that's the white line, and at food facilities in the blue line subsequent to the reopenings. Cases at both of these types of work sites peaked in mid-July with about 256 weekly cases at the general work sites and about 213 weekly cases at food facilities. 
And as you'll note, again, similar to outbreaks, the number of cases at work sites has decreased uh, with, uh, with the subsequent closures that have happened. Uh, next, site, next slide. Uh, our compliance team is out visiting uh, businesses across the county every single day. Uh, and our inspectors review our county reopening protocols with business owners, operators, and employees to make sure that they're familiar with all of the requirements related to disinfection, the use of face coverings, physical distancing, and any other required modifications, including the provision of personal protection equipment. Initial efforts are always focused on educating business owners and workers about how to stay safe. But our protocols are not just guidelines. They are directives and they require compliance by every business. So in addition to education, we are also prepared to enforce the health officer order using fees and fines and when necessary, closure of businesses that are in violation of the health officer order or our protocols. As a result of inspections conducted since August 30th, 46 citations have been issued to 25 different establishments. In some cases, these establishments were also closed because there were significant health and safety concerns or flagrant violations of the health officer order, including operating indoors in violation of both the state and the county uh, health officer order. Next slide, please. And a couple of weeks ago, with support from the Board of Supervisors, we were able to launch the COVID-19 Safety Compliance Certificate Program. Uh, this is a voluntary program that allows businesses to complete an online training and self-certify that they're fully implementing the required COVID-19 protocols to make sure that their work workplace is as safe as possible for both employees and customers. The training can be completed online by both business owners and managers as well as employees. And we're really happy to see that so many have already taken advantage of this training opportunity. Uh, to date, 663 employers have taken the training and they receive a certificate that they're able to post at the work site. And 712 employees have also taken the training. And I wanna thank everyone who's taken advantage of this new program. If you'd like to participate in the training, it's free, and you can link to the training from the DPH website's main COVID-19 page. Um, and now I just wanna quickly move and update us on our current status. Um, and as a reminder, today's Monday, so our death and case counts will reflect the weekend lag in reporting. But we are sad to report an additional 16 deaths today. Eight of the people who died are over the age of 80, and all of the people who passed away in this age group had underlying health conditions. Four of the people who died are between the ages of 65 and 79, and two people who passed away in this age group had underlying health conditions. Two people who passed away are between the ages of 50 and 64, and none of the people in this age group had underlying health conditions and two people who died were between the ages of 30 and 49, and one person had underlying health conditions. This does bring the total number of deaths in LA County to 6,366. Every day, these numbers are a staggering reminder of the many people across the county who have lost loved ones or friends to COVID-19. We wish all of you healing and peace at this very difficult time. 92% of the people who 
have died from COVID-19 had underlying health conditions. As a reminder, uh, while many people are out and about, those of you with underlying health conditions need to stay home as much as possible. For the 5,989 people who passed away where race and ethnicity has been identified, 51% are Latino, Latina, Latinx, 23% are white, 15% are Asian, 10% are black, slightly less than 1% are Native Hawaiian or Pacific Islander, and 1% identified with another race or ethnicity. We are reporting 652 new cases today, which brings the total count of new cases, of total cases in LA County to 261,446. These cases include a total of 11,503 cases reported by our partners in the city of Long Beach and 2,522 cases reported by the city of Pasadena. 749 people are currently hospitalized with a diagnosis of COVID-19, and 28% of the people are confirmed cases in the ICU, and 16% are on ventilators. We've investigated to date a total of 1,797 residential congregate settings and non-residential settings with at least one confirmed case of COVID-19. Currently, we have 460 ongoing investigations and we've closed 1,337 investigations. The total number of confirmed cases in institutional settings is 34,289. 17,348 of the confirmed cases are among residents and 16,941 are among staff. I am sad to report that 2,784 residents in institutional settings have died from COVID-19 since the beginning of the pandemic, with 2,504 people residing in uh, skilled nursing facilities, uh, making up the large uh, portion of those in institutional settings that passed away. And to all who are grieving again, we're so sorry uh, for your loss. I want to report that over 2.5 million people in LA County have been tested and had their results reported to LA County, and our cumulative rate has dropped now to 9%. Uh, this is a slight decrease, which reflects the fact that our daily positivity rate has been steadily declining for the last six weeks. And in closing, uh, worker protections and safe workplaces are an, an essential part of our strategy for slowing the spread of COVID-19 and protecting the health of our communities. And I wanna thank all of the many, many thousands of workplaces uh, that are following all of the requirements uh, for opening their workplaces in a manner that's safe, protects the workers and the customers. Uh, I also wanna um, let folks know uh, across the board for all businesses and institutions, how the Department of Public Health can support your work site. Uh, we have, for starters, a lot of different ways that people can report to us if they have concerns about a work site or they think there are violations of the health officer order. And it's important that people can report violations and concerns anonymously. Uh, you can do this through our Environmental Health Customer Call Center Monday through Friday between 8 and 5 p.m. And the number is 1-888-700. 9995. There's also an online complaint system to report violations 24 7, 
And that's available when you go to our website, publichealth.lacounty.gov. Public Health also provides workplaces with recommendations and instructions regarding safety measure improvements that you can use to control and prevent COVID-19 outbreaks. We have posters and other educational materials regarding both uh, best hygiene practices and reminders to wear uh, face coverings. Businesses are free to download those materials and use them uh, anywhere that they uh, think is appropriate. We'll assist you with outbreak management uh, if you have three or more cases at your work site. And this is to ensure that all identified cases and close contacts have been appropriately isolated or quarantined. This is our way of helping you reduce uh, transmission at workplaces. Uh, we monitor these ongoing outbreaks and provide further corrective action instructions until the outbreak is over. And there have been no additional new cases uh, over a two-week period. Uh, we're also available to provide information on workers' rights. And as many of you know, we're working closely with the Board of Supervisors to establish worker public health councils that can help ensure employee safety, particularly among sectors that have experienced a high number of outbreaks and or high numbers of cases. And now we'll take your questions. Ladies and gentlemen, if you'd like to ask a question, please press one then zero on your touchtone keypad and an operator will gather your name and your media outlet and further assist you. You may withdraw your question at any time by repeating the same command. If you're using a speakerphone, we ask that you please pick up the handset before pressing the numbers. Once again, if you have a question, please press one followed by zero at this time. And first we'll go to the line of Patrick Healy. Your line is open. Hey, Patrick. Hi, thank you very much. Uh, Doctor, if I could ask a couple of questions. First, a simple math question, uh, where we need to get our daily case rate down to be able to move into the red tier. Uh, seven cases a day, new cases a day on average for 100,000, 10 million people in the county. That tells me about 700 new cases a day. So first of all, is my math correct? And second, are we concerned that over the past week, the number of cases apart from today, and you already explained why, has stayed stubbornly at or over 1,000. And one final question on the distinction between aerosol spread and droplet spread and CDC dropping its new guidelines about aerosols. If indeed aerosols are a significant spread, does that really undercut the value of wearing masks? Because masks are not nearly as effective in keeping out the aerosols. Um, I know that's a lot, but thank you for taking a stab. Uh, thanks so much, Patrick, and, uh, and appreciate uh, both questions. Uh, let me start with um, the easier question, which is what does it take for us to get Tier 2, and is your math correct? Um, so to get to Tier 2, um, you're right, Patrick, we do have to see that our daily case rate, uh, that's uh, the number of cases per 100,000 people in the county, has to be at or below seven cases uh, per 100,000 people uh, per day, and it is an average. And we'd have to see that uh, over two consecutive weeks before we would be eligible to move into Tier 2 or the red tier. Um, and you're right. Um, uh, we saw some lower numbers uh, back in the earlier part of September, uh, but those lower numbers really reflected some days where 
we had a high, uh, a high heat event and then where we had poor air quality. And uh, the last uh, four days minus the weekend numbers did see us uh, with a count that was always over 1,000 new cases per day, which would make it hard uh, for us to get into Tier 2 uh, at this point in time. I want to note that um, the state does uh, apply um, a, um, an adjustment to your case numbers uh, to reflect how much testing you're doing. So we do a lot of testing. Uh, so even if we were seeing, you know, 800, 900 cases a day, which seems like it would be over the threshold with the adjustment that really accounts for those counties like ours that do a high volume of testing, uh, that case could drop uh, to seven or less. We will get the new numbers tomorrow, um, but I agree with you. We've had a troubling trend the last few days of uh, last week, and we think, in fact, that that could allow us um, to not be able to make movement uh, into Tier 2 uh, in the upcoming couple of weeks. Um, the question about CDC, you know, it's a good question. As you know, CDC posted, I think, either late Friday or early Saturday, um, some guidance that indicated that while respiratory droplets are still the main way uh, this infection gets transmitted from one person to the other, and that's why these face coverings are absolutely essential, uh, there is the possibility that there also can be spread uh, through aerosolized droplets, which again means that those indoor sites, particularly those indoor sites where people aren't wearing face coverings and are in close contact with others, uh, could in fact uh, be problematic uh, because of the fact that there's aerosolized, there's a possibility of aerosolized transmission. Uh, I want to note that both uh, in this county and across the state, one of the reasons why we've been asking people to do as many activities outside as possible is because we've known for a while that there are studies that have come out uh, that have indicated the possibility of aerosolized uh, spread. And again, there's, I think CDC pulled it back because they're looking uh, to make sure that they have definitive answers uh, and studies uh, that have uh, lots of evidence that this is happening. Um, we do know there have been some studies, you've seen them as well as us, uh, which is why right now we're sort of in this space where we're asking people to be super cautious, do as many activities outside as you can. But please, um, you know, whether there's aerosolized sp uh, spread or not, there is definitely respiratory droplet spread, in which case it's super important uh, for people to continue distancing and to continue uh, wearing their face coverings. Uh, so thanks for that. Uh, we'll take the next question. And next we'll open the line of David Rosenfeld with LA Daily News. Your line is open. Uh, hi, thanks so much. Uh, I was wondering if um, you could provide a brief assessment of where you see uh, the county being there. It is two, about two weeks after Labor Day. Uh, we're all waiting patiently to see if there will be any type of surge. I wonder if there's any data points that lead you to believe one way or the other at this point. And also in terms of the violators that you mentioned earlier, is uh, will the department provide a list of who those, uh, what those businesses are? And were any of them like super egregious, like, uh, like a bar, for instance, having a lot of people inside or, or something like that? I wonder. Thanks. Uh, yeah, um, thanks, thanks so much. And um, as I noted, uh, we are looking every day at the data to see whether we have an indication that we are going to see 
a surge um, in the number of cases, which would be the first place uh, we would see an increase related to how we all behaved with each other over the Labor Day holiday. And as I just noted, uh, we do have four days of data from last week that showed a significant increase in the number of cases. We'll need to look at Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday's case data here um, to see whether that increase continues or we actually stabilized. I think at the end of this week, we'll have a much better sense in terms of case numbers about whether or not uh, we see uh, what we think is, uh, would be indicating more transmission. And as you know, if you look at our data, we saw that two to three weeks after Memorial Day, and we saw that again, uh, really our biggest surge, uh, two to three weeks after July. You know, after you see this, the increase in cases, that's when, you know, another week or two later, you start seeing an increase in hospitalizations, and then that often is followed by, unfortunately, an increase in deaths. Um, so I'm, you know, I, I'm, uh, I'm, I want to be cautiously optimistic, uh, but we did have four days of data last week that showed increases in cases, so we're going to have to pay a lot of attention uh, to the data this week. And in terms of uh, do we list the, the businesses um, we, that have been closed or that we've issued citations to. I'll have to go back and check. I mean, we, we list all of the businesses uh, where we have outbreaks, but um, I'm not sure that we've yet posted uh, businesses uh, where we've issued citations and or uh, businesses or institutions that have been closed. But let me check with my team, and uh, we'll get back to you on that one. Uh, and now I know we're going to go to remarks in Spanish from Jackie Valenzuela. Buenas tardes. Hoy tenemos algunas uh, actualizaciones sobre el impacto de COVID-19 entre los trabajadores y en sitios de trabajo uh, a través del condado de Los Ángeles. En todos los sitios de trabajo estamos cerca de colegas y a veces de clientes cuya exposición a COVID-19 se desconoce. Existe un potencial significativo de transmisión del virus en los lugares de trabajo, por lo que es tan importante que los empleadores uh, adhieran a los protocolos del lugar de trabajo que requieren control de infecciones, distanciamiento uh, físico, el uso de uh, protección, equipo de protección personal apropiado para todos los uh, trabajadores. Esto es particularmente importante ya que después del trabajo, muchos de nosotros regresamos a las personas en nuestros hogares. Algunos que, quienes pueden tener uh, una condición delicada que les aumenta el riesgo de enfermarse uh, co con COVID-19. First slide, please. Esta gráfica muestra los casos por semana entre los trabajadores de salud. A lo largo de la pandemia nos ha preocupado mucho la salud y la seguridad de los profesionales de salud. Y hasta la fecha, casi 15,000 profesionales de salud uh, han dado positivo por COVID-19. En marzo, antes que se supiera que las personas con COVID-19 sin síntomas uh, podían transmitir el virus, uh, y en un momento en que había una escasez a nivel nacional uh, de equipos de protección personal, vimos un aumento en los casos entre los trabajadores de servicios de salud, uh, alcanzando un máximo de 652 casos a principios de abril. Y a medida que se conocía mejor este virus y se hizo más disponible el equipo de protección personal, um, disminuyeron los casos entre los profesionales de salud. 
Sin embargo, cuando el condado de Los Ángeles experimentó un aumento en casos, las hospitalizaciones y fallecimientos en julio, también eh, vimos un aumento en los casos entre los profesionales de salud, alcanzando un máximo a mediados de julio eh, con 699 casos. Los casos entre los profesionales de salud han se seguido disminuyendo desde mediados de julio, a lo que refleja la disminución similar a observada en los casos a través del condado. Tenga en cuenta que hay un retraso en los informes en las últimas dos semanas y esperamos que el número de casos nuevos sea un poco más alto a medida que se complete la verificación del tipo de trabajo. Next slide, please. La gran mayoría de los trabajadores de salud que dieron positivo por COVID-19, el 68% son mujeres, el 30% son hombres y el 2% se identifica como otro género o no se ha especificado el género de la persona. Esto refleja en parte la composición de la fuerza laboral de salud. Sabemos que las mujeres representan aproximadamente 75% de los trabajadores de salud a tiempo completo durante todo el año. Entre los trabajadores de salud que dieron positivo para COVID, eh, perdón, a la prueba de COVID-19, el 46% tiene entre 30 y 49 años. El 26% tiene entre 18 y 29 años. El 23% tiene entre 50 y 64 años. Y aproximadamente el 4% tiene entre las edades de 65 y 79 años. Nueve, nuevamente, esto refleja en, en parte la composición de la fuerza laboral. Next slide, please. Entre los profesionales de salud que dieron positivo para um, COVID-19, casi la mitad son latinos. El 15% son asiáticos, el 11% son blancos y el 7% son afroamericanos. Un poco más del 1% de los profesionales de salud uh, que se han hecho la prueba de COVID-19 Uh, son nativos de Hawái o de las Islas del Pacífico y un poco más del 1% se identifica con dos o más razas. El 2.5% se identifica con otra raza y para el 13% la raza de etnicidad es desconocida o no uh, es especificada. Next slide, please. Y nos da tristeza informar que hasta la fecha, 89 profesionales de salud han fallecido a causa de COVID-19. La mayoría de estas muertes ocurrieron a principios de la pandemia, uh, con aumentos tanto a fines de abril como a mediados de mayo. Desde entonces, hemos visto una disminución en el número de fallecimientos entre los profesionales de salud. Y queremos tomar unos segundos para agradecer a todos los profesionales de salud en todo el condado de Los Ángeles. Eh, cabe decirles a ustedes que son verdaderamente los héroes eh, de esta pandemia. Han estado en la primera línea tratando a los pacientes con valentía desde el comienzo de la pandemia, incluso cuando se sabía muy poco uh, sobre esta, este virus. Y apreciamos profundamente uh, su compromiso y le agradecemos por cuidar de todos los que necesitan atención.
y nuestros uh, esfuerzos de cumplimiento e, e investigación de brotes se han centrado en proteger a los trabajadores en varios lugares de trabajo. La siguiente gráfica eh, nos muestra una actualización sobre las investigaciones de brotes. Uh, next slide, please. Este gráfico muestra los brotes semanales en lugares de trabajo no relacionados con la atención médica y en sitios no residenciales. La línea blanca representa los lugares de trabajo generales, ya sea sitios que no se han especificado en este gráfico. Y la línea azul representa las instalaciones de alimentos. Y como puede ver, a medida que se abrieron los lugares de trabajo y se permitió comer en espacios interiores, uh, los brotes en los lugares de trabajo generales y las instalaciones de alimentos uh, aumentaron significativamente. Pudimos observar que tan pronto se llevó eh, el cierre de estos sectores nuevamente, el número de brotes en lugares de empleo disminuyó. Next slide, please. Este gráfico nos muestra los números de casos en lugares no relacionados con la salud y en sitios no residenciales, donde hay un brote uh, por tipo de sitio de trabajo. Y de manera similar al gráfico de brotes anterior, eh, vimos aumentos en el número de casos de COVID-19 en los lugares de trabajo generales, la línea blanca, y las instalaciones de alimentos, la línea azul. Los casos en ambos lugares de trabajo alcanzaron su punto máximo a mediados de julio con 256 casos uh, semanales en lugares de trabajo generales y 213 casos semanales en instalaciones de alimentos. Next slide, please. Y nuestro equipo de cumplimiento está visitando negocios en todo el condado todos los días. Nuestros inspectores revisan los protocolos para reabrir uh, los negocios de nuestro condado y por ello se les notifica a los dueños uh, de los negocios diariamente que se aseguren de estar familiarizados con todos los requisitos relacionados con la desinfección, uh, el uso de cubiertas para la cara, el distanciamiento físico y cualquier otra modificación requerida. Todos los esfuerzos se centran en educar a los dueños de negocios y a los trabajadores sobre cómo mantenerse seguros. Sin embargo, nuestros protocolos no solo son sugerencias, son reglas que requieren el cumplimiento de todos los negocios. Y además de proveer educación, uh, también estamos preparados para hacer cumplir la orden del oficial de salud, uh, utilizando tarifas y multas uh, cuando sea necesario, mm, al igual que el cierre de negocios que violan la orden del oficial de salud o nuestros protocolos. Como resultado de las inspecciones realizadas eh, desde el 30 de agosto, se han emitido 46 multas a 25 establecimientos. En algunos casos, estos establecimientos también se cerraron debido a preocupaciones importantes de salud uh, y seguridad o violaciones evidentes uh, de las órdenes del oficial de salud, incluida la operación en interiores uh, en violación de las órdenes, del, uh, no solo del condado, pero del estado también. Hace un par de semanas lanzamos el programa de certificado de cumplimiento de seguridad uh, de COVID-19. 
Este es un programa voluntario que permite a los negocios completar una capacitación en línea y autocertificar que están implementando completamente los protocolos requeridos para hacer que su lugar de trabajo uh, sea lo más seguro posible tanto para los empleados como para sus clientes. Esta capacitación uh, la pueden tomar en línea tanto los propietarios uh, o gerentes eh, de negocios y también los empleados. Y estamos muy felices de ver que muchos se han capacitado con este programa. Hasta la fecha, 663 empleadores han tomado la capacitación y han recibido el certificado. Y nos complace también informarles que 712 empleados han tomado la capacitación también. Gracias a todos los que se han beneficiado de este programa. Y se desea, si, si, si desea participar, uh, la capacitación es gratuita y puede llegar al entrenamiento desde la página principal de COVID-19 de nuestro sitio web en la sección protocolos para reabrir los negocios. Y ahora eh, nos gustaría actualizarlo sobre eh, nuestros datos de hoy. Nos da tristeza informar eh, 15 fallecimientos adicionales. Esto eleva el número total de fallecimientos a 6,366 en el condado de Los Ángeles. El 92% de las personas que han muerto a causa de COVID-19 uh, tenían problemas delicados de salud. Y de las 5,989 personas que han fallecido donde se identificó la raza de etnicidad, el 51% son latinos, el 23% son blancos. El 15% son asiáticos. El 10% son afroamericanos. Menos de un por ciento son nativos de Hawái o de las islas del Pacífico. Y el un por ciento se identificó con otra raza de etnicidad. Hoy también estamos informando 652 casos, uh, nuevos casos. Esto eleva el número total de casos en el condado de Los Ángeles a 261,446. Actualmente se encuentran hospitalizados 749 casos confirmados. El 28% de estas personas son casos confirmados en unidades de cuidados intensivos. Y el 16% de estas personas se encuentran en ventiladores. El total de casos confirmados en entornos institucionales es de 34,289, eh, que incluyen tanto el personal como los residentes. 17,348 de estos casos confirmados uh, son residentes y 16,941 uh, personas son personal. También nos da tristeza informar que 2,784 residentes en instituciones, perdón, en entornos institucionales uh, han fallecido a causa de COVID-19. Las 2,504 personas que fallecieron en estas instituciones residían en centros de enfermería especializada. Y de los 16 fallecimientos reportados hoy, informamos que 56% fueron fallecimientos asociados con centros de enfermería especializada. Cabe destacar que más de 2.5 millones de personas se han hecho la prueba en el condado de Los Ángeles y el 9% de estos resultados fueron, fueron positivos. 
Esta es una ligera disminución en nuestra tasa de positividad que había sido del 10% durante varias semanas. La protección de los trabajadores y sitios de trabajo uh, seguros son una parte esencial para frenar la propagación de COVID-19 y proteger la salud de nuestras comunidades. Y queremos agradecer a todos los lugares de trabajo que han cumplido con los requisitos uh, para reabrir nuevamente, así también como los lugares de trabajo que han informado diligentemente sobre brotes. Y eh, les queremos recordar que no olvide que el Departamento de Salud Pública tiene múltiples formas de reportar de forma anónima a los grupos de casos de COVID-19 en los lugares del trabajo, así como las violaciones de las órdenes y protocolos del oficial de salud, incluyendo la línea telefónica para clientes que, que sale de nuestro, nuestra División de Salud Ambiental. Uh, esta línea está abierta de lunes a viernes de 8 de la mañana a 5 de la tarde, uh, excepto los días festivos. Y este número es 1 888 y también eh, contamos con un sistema de quejas en línea para responder, perdón, para reportar esas violaciones uh, y puede llegar a ese, um, a ese sistema de quejas en nuestro uh, sitio web publichealth.lacounty.gov. Y ahora eh, nos gustaría pasar a, uh, now we'll move on to comments in Armenian. Շնորհակալություն Վերահսկիչ Բարգերեն եւ ամբողջ Վերահսկիչ խորհրդին։ Ես շատ երախտապարտ եմ այն ամենի համար, ինչ դուք անում եք մեր շրջանի վերականգնման ճանապարհը հեշտացնելու։ Բարի օր բոլորին։ Այսօր ես կներկայացնեմ կարճ ցարմացումներ կապված COVID-19 ազդեցությունը աշխատողների եւ Los Angeles շրջանի աշխատատեղերի շրջանում։ Առողջապահական աշխատողներից միջև այլ աշխատավայրերում աշխատողների առողջությունն ու անվտանգությունը կարևորագույն նշանակություն ունի։ Բոլոր աշխատատեղերում մեր գործընկերները երբեմն նաև հաճախորդների շրջապատում ենք, որոնց ազդեցությունը անհայտ է COVID-19-ի վերաբերյալ։ Վիրուսի փոխանցման զգալի ներուշկա աշխատավայրերում ինչը գործատուների համար խիստ կարևոր է Պահպանել աշխատավայրի արձանագրությունները, որոնք պահանջում են վարակի, վերահսկման, հրացման, անձնական պաշպանողական սարքավորումների, բոլոր աշխատողների համար։ Սա հատկապես կարևոր է, քանի որ աշխատանքից հետո մեզանից շատերը տունեն վերադառնում եւ ընտանիքի անդամների հետ շփվում եւ շփվում այն մարդկանց հետ որոնց ոմանք կարող են COVID-19-ով լուրջ հիվանդանալ։ Համաճարակի ընթացքում մենք շատ ենք մտահոգվել առողջապահության, աշխատողների առողջության եւ անվտանգության համար։ Եվ միչ օրս գրեթե 15000 բուժ աշխատողներ դրական արդյունք են ունեցել COVID-19-ի համար։ Մարտին նախքան որևէ մեկը կհասկանար, որ ախտանիշներ չունեցող մարդիկ, ովքեր դրական են COVID-19-ի համար, կարող են փոխանցել վիրուսը եւ այն ժամանակ, երբ ամբողջ երկրում կար անձնական պաշտպանողական սարքավորումների պակաս, մենք առողջապահության շրջանում դեպքերի մեծ թռիչք նկատեցինք։ 
աշխատողների շրջանում ապրիլի սկզբից 652 հոսպիտալացում և մահվան դեպքեր, մենք նաև նկատեցինք դեպքերի թրիչք առողջապահական աշխատողների շրջանում։ Հուլիսի կեսերին հասնելով 699 դեպքերի։ Առողջապահական աշխատողների շրջանում Այսօր ծավով ենք հայտնում եվս 16 մահվան մասին։ Այս մարդկանցից ութը 80 տարեկանից բարցր էր, որից ութն էլ ունեցել են ուղեկցող առողջական խնդիրներ։ Չորսը 65 տարեկանից 79 էին, որոնցից երկուսը � Երկուսը 30-49 է, որոնցից մեկը ունեցել է ուղեկցող առողջական խնդիրներ։ Սա բերում է ընդհանուր մահերի թիվը 6366-ի լոսանջելո շրջանում։ Ետնիկ պատկանելությունը հետևյալն է 51 տոքոսը լատինո լատինեքս, 23 � մեկ տոքոսը այլ ռասը և այտնիկ խում։ Քովիտ տասնինով մահացած անձանց 92 տոքոսը ուներ ուղեկցող առողջական խնդիրներ, ինչը կարևորում է այն անձանց, ովքեր առողջության լուրջ խնդիրներ ունեն, մնալ Եվ սա բերում է լոսանջելո շրջանի դրայկան դեպքերի թիվը 261446-ի։ Այս դեպքերը ներարում են լոնգբիչ կաղաքում մեր գործ ընկերների կողմից գրանցված 11503 դեպքեր, իսկ պասետենա կաղաքի կողմից գրանցված 2522 դեպքեր ինտենսիվ խնամքի բաժանումքում, իսկ 16 տոքոսը միացված են շնչարական ոթապոխիչների։ Ներկայումս կնություններ են կատարվում 1797 ինստիտությոնալ բնակչության հաստատություններում։ Դրանց թվում են ծերանոցներ, Ինստիտությոնալ միջավայրում հաստատված ընդհանուր դեպքերը 34,289 են նրայրյալ անձնակազմը և բնակիչները։ Այս դեպքերից 17,348 բնակիչները, իս 16,941 անձնակազմ։ Ձավով ենք հայտնում, որ 2,784 մարդ, ովքեր ապրում են ինստիտությոնալ պայմաններում մահացել են կովիտ տասնինեց։ Եվ մահացասներից 2,504-ը բնակվում են հմուտ բուշքուրական հաստատություններում։ Մենք ծավում ենք այս կորուստեմ համար։ Ավելի
աշխատողների պաշտպանությունը եւ անվտանգ աշխատավայրերում կովիդ-19 տարածումը դանդաղեցնելու եւ մեր համայնքների առողջության պաշտպանելու կարևոր մասն են եւ ես ուզում եմ շնորհակալություն հայտնել բոլոր այն աշխատավայրերին ովքեր հետեւել են վերաբացման պահանջներին որոնք ամրագրված են առողջապահության սպայի հրամանագրում ինչպես նաև այն աշխատավայրերը որոնք ճանաչիրաբար հայտնել են բռնկումների մասին եւ ձեռնարկել են վարակի վերահսկման քայլեր իրենց աշխատողներին պաշտպանելու համար ես ուզում եմ ձեզ հետ կիսել որոշ տեղեկություններ այն մասին թե ինչպես է հանրային առողջապահության վարչությունը աջակցում կայքերին հանրային առողջապահությունը ունի բազմաթիվ եղանակներ անանուն զեկուցելու Covid-19 դեպքերի արկայությունը աշխատավայրերում, առողջապահության ոլորտի սպայերի պատվերների եւ արցանագրությունների խախտումների վերաբերյալ։ Աշխատողները կամ գործատուները կարող են զանգահարել բնապահպանական առողջապահության հաճախորդների զանգերի կենտրոն, երկու շաբթի ուրփատ, առավության 8-ից 5-ը, այդ թիվն է 1888 799995 եւ մենք ունենք նաեւ բողոքների համացանց խախտումները հաղորդելու համար որը հասանել է մեր կայքում publichealth.lacanada.gov հանրային առողջապահությունը տրամադրում է աշխատավայրերին առաջարկություններ եւ ուղեցույցներ կապված անվտանգության միջոցները բարելավման հետ որպիսի վերահսկվեն եւ կանխվեն կովիդ-19 բռնկումները մենք բիզնեսներին տրամադրում ենք պաստառներ եւ այլ կրթական նյութեր հիգիենայի լավագույն փորձի վերաբերյալ եւ հիշեցումներ միշտ դեմքի ցածք հակնելու համար մենք օժանդակում ենք բռնկումների կառավարմանը ապահովելով որ բոլոր հայտնաբերված դեպքերը եւ սերտ կապերը համապատասխանորեն մեկուսացված լինեն եւ կարանտինացված լինեն Covid-19-ով աշխատավայրի շարունակական փոխանցումը նվազացնելու համար մենք վերահսկում ենք շարունակական բռնկումները եւ տրամադրում ենք ուղիղ գործողությունների հետագա հրահանգներ միջև բռնկման ավարտը եւ այլևս նոր դեպքեր չեն հայտնաբերվել երկու շափատ տեղողությամբ եւ մենք տեղեկություններ ենք տրամադրում աշխատողների իրավունքների մասին Մենք աշխատում ենք վերստուգողների խորհուրդի հետ ստեղծելու աշխատողների հանրային առողջապահական խորհուրդներ, որոնք կօգնեն ապահովել աշխատողների անվտանգությունը հատկապես այն ոլորտների շրջանում, որոնք ունեն մեծ քանակության բռնկումներ։ Շնորհակալություն։ Thank you. This concludes the press conference. This episode of LA Public Health was produced by the Los Angeles County Department of Public Health. Our department is nationally accredited by the Public Health Accreditation Board and is committed to protecting and improving the health of over 10 million residents in Los Angeles County. For more information about DPH programs and services, visit publichealth.lacounty.gov and follow us on social media at LA Public Health. My name is Steve Baldwin and you've been listening to the LA Public Health podcast.